0: the little birdies on Jaybird Street.
1: Love to hear the rabbit go. Tweet, tweet, rock and robin. Tweet, 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 rock and robin. Tweet. All the little love to hear the robin go. Tweet, 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 rock and robin. Oh, oh. Elias upset, I believe, with how I Oh, last thing we to worse. <laughs> Ryan when it's time to begin, it's on the Rewinder Up with John Pollock and Waiting. The 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's Rewinder Up for Monday night, downloaded Tuesday morning from the Post Wrestling site. It's Rewinder Up for Monday night on USA, now on the John and Wayne take the mic. Hello and welcome to Rewind A Raw. I'm John Pollock along with Wei Ting. How are you tonight, Wei? You've had some technical difficulties, but you're here and you're ready to chat.
0: Yeah, yeah. um, My, well, I guess my seven-year-old computer decided to finally, uh, mm, I don't know, um, get up there in in age. I guess computers are kind of like, they kind of operate in dog years. So that would make my computer actually probably older than dog years really like a, a three-year-old year old computer is already pretty old mine mine is like seven so yeah um gonna take it into the shop tomorrow
1: wow that's a, that is an old laptop i mean seven years that's a pretty good run you got out of it
0: oh yeah i think so i might it might still even have a bit more life in it
1: who knows god can you imagine if you could uh pump out uh something from from this laptop well we all wish you the best uh with with uh whose whose laptop is uh presenting your half of the show tonight for us i'm i'm borrowing my brother's laptop so yeah well that's that's wonderful uh we have a lot to discuss there was a lot of news over the past weekend uh before we start raw uh very sad weekend in professional wrestling a number of people passing away uh we had brian lawler brian christopher uh, Brickhouse Brown, and we also had the passing of Nikolai Volkoff, and I also want to make mention of uh, Tracy Cadell, who is the father of Trevor Lee. If you uh, watch PWG or Impact Wrestling, and he was uh, one of the people that started Omega uh, with the Hardys, and had done a promotion with Matt Hardy prior to that called the East Coast Wrestling Federation. Uh, so he passed away as well over the weekend, and it was uh, it sounds like it was very unexpected and yeah i want to make mention of that but just a yeah very sad weekend way uh with all these passings
0: yeah and everything coming at like in the course of like one afternoon really it felt like so um yeah uh, our condolences
1: uh do you have any memories specifically of uh brian christopher uh who of course you know long time i mean this guy had a 30 year career which is a I mean, started very, very early at the age of uh, 16 and, of course, had his, his biggest fame in the World Wrestling Federation.
0: Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think, uh, you know, anybody watching WWE in the year 2000 will have very fun memories of two cool, you know, uh, two guys who used to be too hot or too much. What were they? Too much. Too much. And just completely kind of reinvented themselves with doing this, uh, you know, kind of <laughs> Like, pretty fly for a white guy type of gimmick. And they both did it really well. Uh, so much so that I think by the time that he was taken out of that group, it really wasn't the same anymore.
1: No. I I mean, just, just writing about that uh, tenure in their career, you could really see when they took Rikishi out of the group. I mean, Rikishi cer- certainly floundered to me a- as a heel. And I mean, at, at a time in the year 2000, they had something magic with the three of them as just this tremendous undercard babyface act that was always going to be super popular at house shows, on television, and, I mean, they were at the peak of the company's popularity. They were a really solid act together uh, as the three of them. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have lots written up about um, uh, those individuals that you can go check out on the website, and we haven't mentioned it on, uh, on this show yet, but we also wanted to mention uh, the fact that Next month uh, will be... Well, actually, technically, September the 1st is two months away. But realistically, it's about a month. Uh, we are going to be at StarCast, Way, and I. And we are going to be doing a live edition of Ask Away on Saturday morning, September the 1st, the day of All In, uh, happening at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, we're going to be at the Podcast Movement Studio, I believe is the setup. And you are welcome to come see a live edition of Ask Away. Yeah, and
0: after that, we'll be hanging out at StarCast pretty much all day until All In. So uh, a a great chance to meet uh, all of you listeners for us. And, uh, you know,
1: who knows? Maybe we'll even have some stickers, maybe even some T-shirts. So you can come check it out listen to the show and then afterwards yes you can uh you can hang out with us uh so that is coming up and as well we will have the double shot out well it's out now and that is going to be all the stuff we couldn't get to on tonight's show with reviews of last thursday's impact way has a whole rundown of the season finale of total bellas with nikki bell and john cena all over the news again and uh, we'll also chat uh being the Elite, which had a big match announcement for All In. Uh, but we start off with Raw from Monday night, Miami, Florida, at the American Airlines Arena. And off the top, they had a memorial board for Nikolai Volkov and Brian Christopher. Uh, no video packages, no mentions during the show. They just started off with the graphics off the top. Um, Surprising or was this expected?
0: Um, I wouldn't say... I mean, pretty much what I expected. I mean, mm, I feel like it's kind of one of those situations if you don't do video packages for both, you can't really do them for just one. Um, not to say like – I mean, I feel like if, if either was going to get a video package, to me it would probably be Nikolai. I feel like he was probably the bigger star in the WWE's history than Brian than Christopher was.
1: Mm, I don't know. That would be – I mean, overall, historically, you're you're right, but – Christopher was just – he was pretty popular during its popularity peak as well. I mean I, I think you're, you're talking about both people that are very familiar with your audience, the the audience is familiar with.
0: Right. Okay. Well, um, I, I guess I didn't really expect them to do video packages for both uh, and therefore I didn't expect them to do any video packages. So I, I'm, I'm even trying to have a hard time thinking about the last time they did two boards at one time.
1: Yeah, it's not often. I mean, they, I don't know. This company has a really weird stance when it comes to how they handle deaths and what, you know, we've seen all the different levels that they show. I think that, you know, taking a moment to acknowledge it during the body of the show um, would have been a nice gesture. Um, At least they did something, but this was really, I don't know. It was just uh, kind of... It wasn't enough for you? I, I thought this was the the absolute least you could do uh, for a company that, um, you know, dedicates so much time for other historical elements. I mean, we had a, a video package put together tonight on Mr. Perfect for a Sonic ad that I think that, yeah, you could spend a couple minutes of your three hour show over performers that have contributed to your product uh, as their, you know, as, as their life's work was a significant part of it was working for your company.
0: Well, I think we know that you know anything that this company might produce is either financially motivated or PR motivated. And I mean, I you know the cynic in me says too much mention of death to them is maybe something that they wouldn't want to necessarily always remind their audience about.
1: I think you're probably spot on about that. Uh, I don't think they have to necessarily have such a concern about that. But that that is what typically rings true when when you see them kind of shy away from acknowledging people passing away. Even if it's somebody that just dies in the case of Nikolai Volkov of, um, you know, the guy was, the guy was 70, Brian Christopher dying under different circumstances. But anyway, that was how the show began. Uh, then we go backstage and it was the first of many backstage segments involving Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. They were situated in front of this uh, very nice uh painting, and there is Brock just hanging out in the back for the entire show. He would just chill out on a couch. Roman Reigns came out. The word of the night, Coachman says, is anticipation. And well, so we're not doing the word of the hour anymore. It's officially He's, he's cut it down. Word of yeah. the night. That's all he can get in because maybe Cole and Graves are going to cut him off and not let him get his stuff in. Mm. There was a mixed reaction. Some chance of you suck. And Reigns thanks the crowd for their energy and he wants to give Bob a shout-out as well because he respects Bobby Lashley. Finally said his name, and he has no, no respect for Brock Lesnar and said, this guy has no time to show up here, but he shows up at the UFC getting into Daniel Cormier's face and said Lesnar's not going to do that to him. He's not going to come into his yard and get into his face. Paul Heyman walked out, and I guess he was going to do this. He tells Roman that he's insane doing the same thing over and over again. He should be in a padded cell. Reigns tells him to shut up, and he will come out when he feels like it. Um, That's what Heyman said about Lesnar. Crowd boos this, and then Heyman qualifies it saying, if Lesnar feels like coming out. Reigns asks if if Lesnar's even going to show up at SummerSlam, he's going to send him back to the UFC, but not as the Beast, but as Roman Reigns' bitch.
0: Mhm yeah
1: what a ring to it that would have
0: Roman Reigns bitch
1: wow yeah DC versus Roman's bitch
0: mhm okay well uh yeah this is the show long storyline and the first scene of it I mean I thought I thought Roman came across to this crowd like a, a baby face you know I think you had uh, sections of the audience that w- were conditioned and were trained and wanted to boo him um but, but as far it as it sounded
1: like the minority tonight
0: yeah, and I'll say like as far as like his scripting goes, I felt like he he did come across like a good baby face. So, you know, history aside, I thought they did a good job with him starting in this segment.
1: Seth Rollins was chilling out with some wireless headphones backstage. He looked very intense.
0: Um, yeah,
1: do you have some wireless headphones? Is that what you're wearing these days? Uh, I do have wireless headphones. I'm not wearing them now though. Okay. They're nice.
0: It really is the future.
1: I mean, when when you're carrying a child, you will realize um, the less cords, the better.
0: Oh, when he grows up, he's not even going to know what cables or wires are.
1: Yeah, it'll all be gone. Be like, what? You used to plug into a machine? That's crazy. That's very damaging to your health. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rousey is shown with Natalia in the back. Night of Returns with our, our former UFC contingent. Uh, also, a number of UFC fighters were in attendance way. Colby Covington showed up with the interim welterweight title and a Make America Great hat with this ridiculous suit, and he was taking photos with Ronda Rousey and Jinder Mahal.
0: Oh, my God. He was, <laughs> I guess, uh, like, do you think there would have been any consideration to put that guy on TV? I,
1: I did not expect him to be, you know, Matt Hughes was there. Matt Hughes uh, you know, if they're not going to show him, they're not showing Colby Covington.
0: True. I thought I think it would have been nice, you know, like having Brock Lesnar here to say, "Hey, here are a bunch of UFC guys that are here to 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 uh, cheer him on," or, or they're they're anticipating him too. But uh, I don't know if Colby Covington's the type that you would want to put on your TV, especially in a mega hat.
1: I meant to ask before we did the show to find out if if uh, Dan Lambert was at the show because uh, if Matt Hughes was there and if Colby Covington was there. I'm curious if Dan Lambert was there. Could you imagine him as replacing Heyman?
0: (laughs) Or, I mean, really him with Lashley really should should be, they should redo that again.
1: That would be a natural, but I'm just saying, uh, I mean, Dan Lambert, uh, if you missed his, he was, um, he was at the UFC card over the weekend in Calgary because there were a ton of ATT fighters uh, competing on Saturday night, but I wonder if he got home in time and I'm sure if he, if he was back home, he would have been at the show. I guess
0: I didn't even fully realize that we might not be able to see Dan Lambert cut a wrestling promo again because Lashley is no longer involved in Impact. And I don't know if uh, he would ever do anything with the WWE. I think,
1: if they, I think if Impact asked him again, he'd be there in a second. And I think But where's the connection? Well, I mean, he could he could bring in. I remember remember Covington was getting involved there too and doing stuff. I mean, yeah. the guy's a great talker. You could come up with a reason to use him. I, That's I don't think true. You, you have to bend over backwards to find a, a good reason. Like tremendous promo, Dan Lambert. Mm-hmm. So uh, we come back from break, and the one of the many great visuals was Brock Lesnar seated on his personal couch, reading his latest magazine. The Backwoodsman.
0: <laughs> 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 it, they are funny. They're very funny. Yeah. Oh. Hey, who hey, is, who, who's intern? Uh, like, wh- what was, which intern had the job of going to the look for Brock Lesnar magazines?
1: What are the odds that uh, Brock Lesnar legitimately was traveling with this magazine? And they didn't it, have to go out and buy it, this magazine. I can totally see Brock having a subscription to The Backwoodsman, which, yes, is a legitimate magazine. Mm-hmm. True. I'm looking up covers now. This is just ridiculous. This magazine. Um, Lesnar. People, those
0: same people would probably think that a whole podcast dedicated to professional wrestling was just as
1: ridiculous. Probably. You're right. Uh, Heyman walks in and asks, Did you hear what Roman just said? And Brock didn't watch the segment. He said, And I quote, I don't watch the show, Paul. Why would I watch the show?
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, so this, remember, I this should
1: be doing this show with us every week.
0: Really? Yeah. But remember, like he's, he's being scripted to say that. Yes, of course. So, I mean, they think that this makes him a heel. They think that somebody who doesn't watch raw is a heel, but I mean, I'm watching this and I'm oh. like, he's just a, a sane person.
1: I'm who so envious.
0: Sit through, yeah. Who would sit through three hours? I mean, what logical person would do that?
1: Yeah. He's like, I'm watching love and hip hop on Monday nights. Um, He goes to play Roman's promo back from his phone. He recorded it on his phone, which I think it was on his voicemail, because he gave Lesnar the code to get into his phone, 00741, and Brock pretends that he's actually trying to use this this bizarre piece of equipment, this electronic square, and he
0: just... Was it it an iPhone?
1: uh, I think so. How do you have a five-digit number? Yeah, do you have a code for your voicemail or to access your voice voice notes or anything? Voicemail, okay. Maybe it's something different. But how would he have recorded this on his voicemail when he was out there in the arena?
0: Well, no, it it went to voicemail.
1: What did? Uh, I'm not sure. (laughs) Roman didn't have a phone. Heyman had the phone. Like even if it was like your voice notes that he used to record it, you don't need a code for that. I mean, maybe he does. Maybe maybe, maybe he I,
0: I see. I thought it was the code to unlock the phone,
1: the actual phone. Yeah, but then you're going to tell me Brock gets into your phone and then he he has to navigate all the apps to get to the right voice note. I mean, Heyman should be unlocking his own. F- That's normal etiquette. I mean, yeah, unlock and it, Brock isn't going to be able to navigate this iPhone. Anyway, this, this was a lot of thought put into just replaying this <laughs> this promo when, yes. I mean, Christ, this is, uh, we don't, we don't have like a replay. We don't have a monitor back here that we can just show Brock the promo. He smashes the phone. So all of that was for naught. And maybe you're going to run into Paul Heyman tomorrow, um, at the, uh, repair shop for your laptop. And he's mm-hmm. going to be seeking out a new phone. Yeah. Apple store. Finn Balor and Baron Corbin, uh, I didn't time this an entire match. Uh, did this go longer than that gauntlet match a few months ago with Seth Rollins?
0: <laughs> um, Might have felt like it. I mean, this spanned at least t- three segments. I, I do, think. Know,
1: do you know how long this match actually was?
0: Um, I'm going to guess 20, around 20.
1: This went 20 minutes.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: my sure. God. Did this feel long?
0: Well, I mean, isn't it? Don't we have at least matches that are that typically go this long sometimes?
1: Not per- involving Baron Corbin.
0: Well, sure.
1: This is not a good start uh, for the show. Uh, I don't know where you could have put this match in that it would have been more digestible, but it wasn't here. Jonathan Coachman mentions Lesnar not watching the show. And Graves points out, well, Coach, you don't watch the show and you're here every week and you still get paid. There was a long headlock by Balor that was described as a severe headlock by Michael Cole. Uh, Corbin eventually clotheslines Balor on the apron We go to a break We come back This match was so long Corbin did his slide Under the bottom rope And return with a clothesline spot Twice Balor blocked a powerbomb Hit a double foot stomp Corbin goes to the floor Topic on hero Second commercial break Oh I stared at my ceiling for a minute Coach says If uh, if Lesnar He asks if he's watching the match Cole and Graves just say No Graves laughs. He never watches the show, coach. There's a sling blade delivered to Corbin. He runs into a choke slam backbreaker. Then he gets caught with the deep six after the coup de gras stopped. Moves, moves, moves. And then, <laughs> god damn. Balor sets up again with the running drop kick. Goes for the coup de gras, Misses and is hit with the end of days. I was at the end of patience. And uh, Baron Corbin wins the match. And we got a close-up. The highlight of this whole match was this close-up of this female fan who was just so sad. And she was covering her face in horror. I was too, but for different reasons. That her hero lost. And Baron Corbin won. And man, what a what a solid heel Baron Corbin was coming out of this show. But nonetheless, he beats Finn Balor clean here. This match is going to continue. Um, goddamn. SummerSlam is going to be long.
0: Well, I have a special treat for you, John, because I was in the midst of my computer issues during this match.
1: This match killed your laptop. That's how bad oh, it was.
0: I guess so, but fortunately, my nephew was watching the show with me. <laughs> oh, please! So, stop. so I had him take over for the review, and I have some notes from what he th- <laughs> how he thought.
1: Where's my nephew, the blood?
0: <laughs> yeah, I have uh, my 12 year old nephew is is staying with us right now. Um he doesn't watch wrestling normally, uh, although he has stumbled upon Big Japan wrestling and death matches on YouTube from time to time. Anyway, his analysis of this match: he thought Baron's clothes looked really uncomfortable. I mean, he feels like his clothes probably gave Baron a disadvantage in the ring, and he thinks that both wrestlers should really be wearing the same clothes for an even playing field. Um, he says. He like, seems to like Finn Balor and his flashy moves. Um, he says Baron is really, really bad. <laughs> he thinks he's a bad wrestler because he cheats. And I asked him how he'd cheat. And he said, because he does the same thing every time. He's not good. My nephew believes wrestlers shouldn't be allowed to use the same move twice within the 20 seconds. And I
1: guess uh, I don't necessarily disagree. <laughs> Oh my god. Did he did he stick around after this match or was this oh, enough he, for him to tap out? I up? mean, he
0: stuck around for a little bit longer but not that much longer.
1: Amazing. I'm sorry, I'm just I'm just alerting our uh, our Twitter audience of our guest review coming up on this show. Uh well, that was wonderful. Uh the fact that your your, your nephew sat through this match made it uh almost uh Almost worth it, but not quite. This you was know, so, so, this was so long, and I just feel Corbin is just yeah. nothing for me, and Balor is just in in no man's land on this show.
0: Right. I mean, but I will say, watching it kind of through his eyes, you really kind of do see it a little bit differently. In that, you know, somebody like a Finn Balor really does stand out with his, you know, great looking offense. Um, he just looks like a good guy. Period, and. I think sometimes that might be enough, but that said, I mean, even this show, even this match, I think might've worn a little bit thin, uh, maybe at the 10 minute mark.
1: So where do you think this is leading to? Is this uh rematch? Obviously. Is this the demon showing up at SummerSlam?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I think it's about time for it. And if he's going to get beaten up like this, he lost already once clean. I, yeah. So you know what? Perfect time. Yeah. The only way I think you can get somebody to care about this match.
1: Afterwards, Corbin attacks Balor further and hits him with these forearm smashes and leaves him laying. So uh, a double loss here for Finn Balor, left laying and just left for dead. Heyman is with a production member who's he's sending off to get him a burner phone. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's uh, maybe he's leaking out information on Lesnar's contract info. Kurt Angle says that Lesnar is under contractual obligation to come out tonight. Heyman says he has honored the agreement by showing up here in Miami. And if he wants more then angle can go speak with him directly. Angle tells Heyman, you are under contract at WWE and he controls that contract. So if Lesnar doesn't appear in the ring, Paul Heyman is terminated and Heyman is very upset about this. I don't want to say this turned into the undertaker and Kane's relationship. But the relationship between Paul Heyman and the WWE and Brock Lesnar got very cloudy later on in the night.
0: Hmm. Okay, so we are led to believe that the WWE has hired Paul Heyman, who
1: is separately hired by Lesnar. But he needs to be hired by the WWE in order to work for Lesnar. That Um... was his explanation.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So so basically Brock can hire anybody within the WWE to be his manager, but that whoever he chooses has to be employed also by the
1: WWE. I guess that is the – yeah. Okay. So Lesnar, what is the WWE paying Heyman to do though? Um, um,
0: negotiate. Cut promos. Okay. Yeah.
1: To not show up for all these months to be. I mean, you would think that this manager is not doing a great job. We never see our champion, they just disappear. I have no idea. I don't know. Let's not dig too deep. WWE's YouTube channel way over 30 million subscribers. That's a lot. More than uh, all these sports leagues combined. Um it really is a lot
0: and uh like the Bucks have how many on um, being the elite it's probably only like not even 150 right now maybe and I don't know what does that mean when you have like 150,000 and you can sell out a 10,000 seat arena
1: That's a great point. They uh what's your guess on being the elite subscribers? Uh, i 150? Is my guess? Two hundred thirty one thousand five
0: twenty. Wow, okay. Yeah, last I looked at they just passed like 100 so uh yeah, cool. It's no it's no 30 million though.
1: No, no it's not. And man, even with you know, these television contracts that are like this this official acceptance of the WWE into like as mainstream as they're going to be accepted, I feel, amongst the television world. There's no denying it. I still like the fact that there's still going to be these ads of just Look how big it is. Look at it. Mm.
0: By the way, uh, we should mention this week on Rewind Away, coming out on Friday, we are actually going to review Being the Elite, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega's YouTube series. We won't be going through every single episode, but we'll just have a general discussion about the series itself.
1: And if every subscriber of their channel leaves feedback, we will go through each one. Um, I don't know about that, but okay. Then we had a chance to relive the evolution announcement from last week. We got to bask in the glow of Stephanie McMahon uh, waving her magic wand, uh, creating a, uh, another gender in front of our eyes who will have their own pay-per-view. <laughs> and Hunter reduced to tears that this world had two chapters before and after last Monday's <laughs> epic announcement. Evolution.
0: Oh, my God. Well, at least I felt like didn't um, hit it too hard over our heads again this week. I think everybody got the memo.
1: Uh, It was uh, much toned down, but get ready. October is going to be the month of all months. Oh, yeah. uh, Heavy promo. Alicia Fox is shown warming up, and Alexa Bliss walked in and stated that Mickey James was injured this week, and Fox is taking her spot against Natalia who uh, Mickey had beaten last week. Fox says she's got... uh, Bliss notes she's going to take care of Ronda Rousey, who will be in Natalia's corner, puts over Fox as a trailblazer, and it's her chance to make history. And Fox says she's going to make Natalia's cat say, Meow!
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, kind of one of her crazy promos, you know? Yes. She's got her own thing.
1: Yes, Alicia Fox is, is back uh, at the forefront. And I was told that um, Mickey James did suffer some kind of an injury over the weekend. I don't know any of the details of the injury other than it was an actual injury. So Alicia <laughs> Fox is being put in her spot, as I think most would expect the, the match with Rhonda was going to be with Mickey and not Alicia Fox. Right. Natalia and Alicia were next.
0: Sorry, sorry. You mean, you mean um, Rhonda? The match with Ronda. Sorry, yeah, yeah. The
1: the match with Ronda and Alicia Fox that we will get to. Yeah, mm-hmm. that uh, looks to be a replacement from Mickey. Natalia versus Alicia Fox. Natalia brings out Ronda Rousey, who is back, and they promote that she is going to be on Stephen Colbert on Tuesday night. Michael Cole assumes that she is going to be chatting about her SummerSlam match. I don't think Cole's aware that she is doing a, a national tour promoting Mile 22, uh, the Mark Wahlberg film that is coming out. And... I don't even know if SummerSlam will come up in this interview. To be honest, she's not there promoting SummerSlam.
0: I wonder. I wonder how much WWE talk she'll she'll get into on this press run.
1: I would imagine that it's something that will come up. Um, mm-hmm. Ronda's certainly not going to hide it, and it's an easy topic to go to. But it is a Mile Twenty Two press tour she's on. Yeah. Which it was interesting because that was the main. Uh, one of the main sponsors on – or advertisers on Saturday's UFC card, and they just constantly read the copy of Mile 22 starring Mark Wahlberg and never brought up Ronda's name.
0: Hmm, okay. Interesting. That's
1: that's a very strange decision to make.
0: I don't know if that means anything, though. They just celebrated Ronda's career like two weeks ago.
1: But if you're the movie studio and you're getting time on a UFC broadcast – like, right. W- the value of that you would think is promoting that Ronda Rousey's in this film. Like that's that, the audience you're hopefully attracting through this this ad buy.
0: That's true. Yes. But Mark Wahl- Wahlberg owns a part of the UFC, though.
1: That's true. Maybe he said, "Forget her. I'm the star here." Yeah. yeah. Natalia went for a sharpshooter early. Fox got to the ropes and goes to the floor and then traps Natalia in the ring skirt and starts trying to suffocate her. Someone's been watching her Jay White tapes
0: mm yeah that's true. Wow, you think she's been following the whole oh, g one
1: she's been following along probably How's she hates- doing <laughs> How's she doing in the pool? Oh man, I'm sure she's part of the pool, yeah, probably doing better than me. Fox snaps the right knee of uh of Natalia and applies i can't call it an abdominal stretch um I don't know what this was. This was enough that the announcers were laughing at this submission.
0: Well, okay, I watched this with my nephew as well. And, like, here's the thing. Like, if you don't know what an ab- abdom- abdominal stretch looks like, it wouldn't make a difference to you. This just looks like some somewhat of an impressive stretching type of thing. Like, he saw that and he
1: was like, whoa. <laughs> everything makes more – everything sounds uh, overly critical when you hear a, a 12-year-old simplify things. Yeah, kind of. That's true. Natalya ran the ropes and nearly tripped and Michael Cole thinking on his feet brought up the knee injury. She had dating back to that Nia Jax tag match. Uh, Michael Cole, I thought really thinking on his feet here and covered for it easily. Sure. Yeah, good. Good save. Fox did that Northern light suplex, her, her best maneuver, uh, then she ran and kicked at Rousey. This prompts her to get involved, with Alexa then nailing Natalia from the floor. And then Fox followed with a big boot, pinning Natalia in five minutes and getting her set for uh, the match that we will talk about in a minute. But uh, what did you think about uh, Natalia? Versus Alicia Fox. I, I
0: mean, I think I think Alicia has a few good-looking moves. There, that Northern Lights is certainly fantastic. Uh, and also that big boot, I think, looks really good, too. She had some moments so, in
1: this match. Yeah.
0: Uh, but again, I hand this off to my nephew um, for his analysis. He said
1: the Get blue girl... Get cheese grater.
0: What? Get the cheese grater. He's the deathmatch fan. Oh, no, no. He did not say that. He said he thought the blue girl, Alicia Fox, was better. But the girl in black has more power oh um and that was it the rest of the i i i, I fast forward through the uh, in entrances when i watch because um i have to get through these shows really quickly especially today so i'm apologizing him for fast forwarding for, forwarding through these commercials and and the entrances because i need to watch this show quickly and he said he wishes we could even watch it quicker because because <laughs> this show is too long just
1: inform him. I do not watch this show for entertainment. This is purely
0: yeah. work for me. Like even for a twelve year old, he sat through like two matches and he thought the show was already too long. Did he was make it to
1: the end of the show?
0: Oh God, no. He was like, When did when did when did this show start? I say eight o'clock. And he's like, When does it end? Eleven, eleven, ten. No. He like, yeah, he thought that was way too long.
1: So it's like, Wait, I'm only in this country for a few weeks. I'm yeah. not wasting a whole night in front of this crap. So afterwards Rousey chased Alexa, threw her in the ring with a judo throw, and went for the armbar, but was stopped by Alicia Fox, and Rousey hit the standing reverse kata guruma, which desperately needs a name, because they never called us anything on the show, mm-hmm. and it's her signature setup. In like They have given her this, this maneuver to use, and it's got a judo uh, foundation to it. It's a judo sp- move, so they need I to come it. up with a name, even if it's the actual name of it. I got it.
0: The Mary Go rousey Oh my God! <laughs> Mary Go uh You got. You got. You got. You got to do something with that. Anyway, uh, whatever. It uh, doesn't need a name. You're right. I think it looks great. It, I mean, the first time she did it, it just kind of looked like a Simone drop. But now she's she's adding this like really fast spin to it that just actually makes it look really devastating. Yeah. Uh, um. Anytime Ronda gets in there and gets physical, like. There's such an energy, and it's it's really amazing. Like her throws look awesome, her her entries to her arm bars are awesome. Everything is just great when when she's uh like getting physical. And so I really thought that made the segment.
1: She goes after Alex on the floor, but then gets attacked from behind by Alicia, who drives her repeatedly into the barricade. Coachman calls Alicia Fox the MVP of Monday Night Raw.
0: Um.
1: Okay. I mean. If you're trying to get her
0: over, I don't think that's such a bad line.
1: They they were obviously put in this position where they had to get an opponent ready for Ronda Rousey yeah. in a week, and mm-hmm. Alicia Fox. It also tells you kind of the depth situation that Alicia Fox was the option because right. that is that is a very big difference between her and Mickey James.
0: I think so. I mean, but again, like it, this match shouldn't be a fifty-fifty match. It should be Rhonda throwing her, arm barring, and that's it. Like, especially if it's a TV match. So yeah, I don't think she has to do that much. Uh, but it is, like, you know, quite, I think, a, a vote of confidence on on Alicia Fox to be able to pull up a a, a big segment that that I think the world
1: will be. Do you think it will main event next week? I think it should. I think yeah. there's going to be so much interest for this next week. Uh, I think just, so. Just uh, people that have not seen her yet. It's on free television. I don't think you can do 30 seconds. I think you almost have to do... A semblance of a match where you do get some heat on Ronda, which is Alicia Fox is a gamble to do on television with your your big star. I think they will be more than capable of, you know, heavily putting this match together. So it does not. uh, And the crowd will be nuts for for Ronda. I don't have too many concerns, but certainly more than if it was Mickey, which I would say you're going to have no problems.
0: It's true. But, I mean, Alicia really, like, she's been doing this for a long, long time. She's a trailblazer, we learned today. That's right. So, I mean, I I, I think she'll do a decent job.
1: The question is, can Alicia top her match with Molina? as the greatest match of all time.
0: The bar is pretty high.
1: Yeah. Heyman is with Lesnar, and he's trying to talk Lesnar into appearing in front of the people tonight, stating that they could sell some T-shirts by going out there add some network subscriptions to increase his value, and he can promote that he's going to be a future two time UFC heavyweight champion. This was yeah. not that convincing. Like well whatever. <laughs> T shirt sales? Mm. What the hell? I can I can promote that I'm going to be a future champion? Huh? He's he's moved on. Did you notice? He moved on from American what was the first one? The I don't know. The outdoorsman to American frontiersman. Yeah, this is like sure. a whole a whole series.
0: Well, yeah, I mean magazines. Anyway, he he ends the segment by making Paul get him a steak, medium well. <laughs> and isn't that a shame? A guy who loves to kill animals so much, but doesn't even know how to enjoy his meat.
1: Well, he had diverticulitis, so I'm sure he was eating it way too rare at a time. That is true. He asked. He also wanted a baked potato and steamed broccoli. Mm. Um, really easy pun to make there, but I'm not going to go for it. But I thought Brock was tremendous in these segments. I thought he was so funny. He plays Brock. Yeah, he plays like the like type Brock of... Brock playing himself is great. Yeah, sure. And this was the most we've gotten out of him in a long time. It was the most character I think he's done. Yeah. Like Let's he does see. this whole time, going back to 2012, like he he never did any of this. And it was never uh, over the top comedy. Like it was amusing because it was Brock, but it was all done, you know, serious.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, this certainly did feel like the most sports entertainment. Um, I think we maybe we've seen a Brock Lesnar. Sure.
1: Jeff Hardy is going to be returning <laughs> on SmackDown to confront Randy Orton. And what will he do? Maybe, he's gonna, maybe we're gonna have an ear match. Um. Okay. What would that entail? Um. Loser has to cut the other one's ear off. Oh my! Or cut their own off.
0: Yeah. Um. Mm, okay.
1: <laughs> Your nephew will want to watch that one.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Kurt is with Rousey and Natalia, and Rousey is complaining about Alexa Bliss and Alicia Fox. She doesn't want to wait until SummerSlam. So next week, it's Ronda Rousey versus Alicia Fox in Jacksonville, Florida. And that's going to be a very big match on TV. I think that that's... I think yeah. it
0: should main event because you don't want to risk Ronda's appearances being unimportant.
1: No, I think you could build the whole show to that. And this is... You know, for there's a lot of things on WWE that just doesn't seem to be able to attract a significantly higher audience. This feels like one that can. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are going to tune into this, and they were very smart uh, to at least give it a week to build up. I would argue you could have built this up for two weeks, but nonetheless, you've got a full week of promoting this uh, for, mm-hmm. next, for next Monday. Elias is in the ring. I think that album has done permanent damage on my psyche to this man. Well, you can watch the -the behind-the-scenes
0: documentary that they aired after this edition of Raw on the network, John. Not a chance. Yeah. For people unaware, John and I listened to the entirety of this album, all 15 minutes and four tracks of it, on this week's post-production video. So if you're a double-double patron at the Post Wrestling Cafe, you can go ahead and check that out.
1: You did a tremendous job editing that video. Oh, please. You put more work into that than I think the album (laughs) had. Oh, my God. Elias calls his album the greatest of all time. Heels always lie. <laughs> he beat Panic at the Disco, Post Malone, and Taylor Swift. I assume no, um, on the iTunes charts, which I don't I have I have no way of uh knowing if that's a true statement or not.
0: He says I, like, I mean I don't know if those same people released albums this week, I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> that but. would be awesome if they haven't put out anything new in months. Yeah. He says he could have beat Drake, but Bobby Lashley interrupted him last week. And this city worships a garbage musician like Pitbull. Yeah. Pitbull is one of those musicians that if you only listen to his music, you probably have such a negative view of. But if you've ever heard this guy in interviews and stuff, he comes across so likable. Like, oh, is I was that one right? of those people. Oh, I just assumed Pitbull was just like oh, I would hate this guy. And then I heard him, I'm like, this sounds like a very nice individual.
0: Mm, mm, and okay. I,
1: I, I feel the some of the pit bull hate is unwarranted. And this is the city that worships The Rock and the audience, their their immediate re- reaction was to boo. But then the wheels are turning in their head. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, is The Rock going to come out? And you could tell this audience was like <laughs> half ready to expect The Rock doing a run in here. Um, but then he went into his song, but I think dropping something there, uh, with the rock that the rock is going to show mm. up, uh, doing something with Elias is possible for just, for something. Sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, there are rumors out there.
1: Uh, he played his song and then he's interrupted by Lashley. So Lashley comes out and he wants a front row seat for Elias. And Elias asks if they want to hear Lashley sing with him, and suggests a duet. <laughs> and then oh my got, god, this, oh dude, oh
0: jeez, this was this was the Goldberg uh, putting on the wig. This I would
1: say. was this was Goldberg putting the wig on, Lashley singing <laughs> "Rock and Robin," and when I say sing, I mean recite in the most. <laughs> deadpan delivery possible where he just said rock and robin rock and robin as dan lambert wherever he was probably turned the show off what was
0: colby Covington doing i want to know what was matt hughes thinking when this was happening
1: jesus christ um terrible i mean after last week the loss to Reigns, that feud is in the rearview mirror. That win at Extreme Rules feels like it meant nothing, nothing.
0: Oh, like he certainly did have good glimpses. I thought in the Roman feud, I thought he was uh, enjoying upwards momentum. But I mean, this segment just kind of brought him right back down to the Lashley sisters' territory.
1: Oh, I. Th- this was as bad as any of the Sami Zayn stuff for me. It
0: was just so bad. So, uh, so let me get this straight. Why did Lashley come out?
1: I have what? no idea because Elias didn't do anything last week to to necessitate him getting involved. Mm, did well,
0: he? he called him out. Like Lashley interrupted Elias's uh, song, yeah, to close the segment, and then Elias called him out right here. I guess you know he says he he blames him for uh, stopping him from reaching beating Drake in the iTunes charts.
1: This is a guy um, who who laughed his way through all of these insults from Sami Zayn, but Elias. Pointing out a fact uh, that he was interrupted by Lashley last week, that but, that raised the ire of Lashley to have to come out? Well,
0: either that or he really just wanted to come out to sing. Maybe. Because, maybe.
1: maybe he's going to do a karaoke gimmick.
0: Because that's kind of the impression I got. He came out here. Elias is like, what, you want to sing with me? And then I guess Lashley just couldn't help himself. He said, yeah, Sure. And then Elias attacks him. Because, I mean, the thinking is that Lashley would be the one, if he was a babyface, he would drop the mic and he would be the first to attack Lashley uh, Elias. But no, this was uh, Elias, like, suckering him, this man who loves to sing, evidently, uh, into an attack.
1: What is more likely, okay, by WrestleMania, Bobby Lashley is in the main event picture of Raw, or <laughs> he's involved in a... Singing duet tag team with Elias feuding with the B team. What is more likely? Um, hmm. Well, uh, I'd say 50-50. I go more to the latter.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. So this ended with a uh, lot. Eli- oh, I hated this just as much. Was Elias finally attacks him. Yeah. The announcers laugh. They laughed at this.
0: How could you do anything but laugh? Did you hear this man try to sing and
1: Robin? But then when the attack happens, this is the same thing we brought up when, when Jericho and Ambrose did the, uh, what was it, Jericho attacked him with. He attacked pl- him with. The plant, yeah. The plant. And the announcers laughed over it. And I remember Jericho, he's furious about this because there was a moment where the comedy is supposed to end. And it's supposed to be serious.
0: Uh, oh, God. But I, I don't blame the announcers for laughing at this. There's no other reaction you could have had.
1: For a guitar shot attack?
0: Oh, my God. But again, listen to this. This man, this idiot came out here and did the worst rendition of Rockin' Robin ever on live TV. This former MMA star who main-invented WrestleMania came out and sang like an idiot. And he just got suckered into this attack. I mean, I was laughing at home. I thought I just this was like... I would. I wouldn't have bought the announcers treating this seriously anyway.
1: Well, it didn't matter because it was Lashley made his own comeback within seconds and fought off Elias. I hated every bit of this. This was uh, one of the worst segments of the year.
0: Yeah, it was pretty bad. I don't know why they would have done. They would do this to Lashley. I don't know why Lashley would agree to it. Uh, he he's just a, simply a character. If you're going to treat the guy as a serious babyface, like would Steve Austin ever? No, mm-hmm. <laughs> he did actually. But not until he turned heel and and ruined his career that way. But uh, uh, anyway, this, I thought, did did lastly no favors. I would actually go seek it out to watch it just because it was one of those so bad it was almost kind of good types of segments.
1: But now there's a match between these two. Mm, Yeah. Corbin runs into Kevin Owens backstage. Very limited uh, Kevin Owens on this show. This was it. This one backstage segment. He congratulates him on the Finn Balor win hands him some water and a towel and says that Corbin is now his son's favorite wrestler and dresses just like him and says, now we have a male authority figure we can respect. And he's concerned. (laughs) (laughs) He's concerned about Braun cashing in the briefcase tonight. And he wants Corbin to stop it from happening. But Corbin won't. Uh, To which uh, at the end of all this, there was no explanation for Braun not cashing in later tonight. None. Like,
0: last week we said, you know, uh, maybe Owens is going to take Braun out early on to prevent Braun from uh, not being able to cash in. But they didn't go through the effort of
1: explaining any of that at all. They literally went to that length for Roman. And what I expected on Mm -hmm. this show to be realistic was they just wouldn't address it. They even surprised me because they dedicated a whole segment to outlining this scenario which just never happened. Braun just mm. sat on his hands, apparently, for the final 15 minutes of Raw.
0: Yeah, he got those hands and he sat on them. <laughs> um, Sit man, on his hands. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it made Braun look really stupid. Here's a guy who, who uh, the night after winning the Money in the Bank, vowed to cash in on Brock Lesnar the first chance he had, and here it was. And they did. they made no effort to explain it. I was very disappointed
1: in that. This was... It didn't surprise me that they would just ignore that. But the fact that they did this segment to bring it up as a potential scenario, that to me was just mind-boggling. Like, why, why even do this? Why even call attention to it? And just something to take Braun out of the arena would have been mm-hmm. – that would have impressed me. Yeah. They plugged the Miz and Misses with Coach stating he liked it so much he watched it twice last week.
0: Well, uh, he must have a lot of free time on his hands. Um, I did watch it once, John. Only? (laughs) Only once, yes. Out of curiosity, I'll say not as bad as the previews make it look.
1: It's only a half hour.
0: It's only half an hour. I would say that's the, the, the biggest uh, saving grace for it. But, you know, I think it's kind of your standard reality show fare, uh Very staged, I would say, this one. Uh, but The Miz is like he's kind of like in the zone where I don't know how he was on the real world or anything like that. But, I mean, the guy is kind of made for like that type of over-the-top, uh, very kind of charismatic but also kind of very annoying reality show type. And I think he's well-suited for what they're trying to do. Um, production is good. Mm, you know, I might I might check in once in a while, but it's really it's not as bad as the as the uh, uh uh what previews make it.
1: It did a really did a really good first week number. So we'll see if they can keep that up uh, this week. Dolph Ziggler's mm-hmm. on this week's episode, uh, so I'm sure yep. they'll be hitting that hard on Tuesday. Yeah. Michael Cole also called it record setting. I don't know what records it set last week. I don't know highest, most viewed Ms. and Mrs. episode ever.
0: That'd be a record, yeah. Technically.
1: Braun Strowman comes out, chance of get these hands, and some of our good friends were on hand in Florida. Yes. On Monday, uh, because it was during Jinder's entrance that I saw everyone listens to Pollock, which apparently there was another sign uh, that someone tweeted that... (laughs) John Pollock was born on a Friday, which was a great sign.
0: Very true statement. Yes. Uh, thank you, thank you to our friends Bill and Alex for for those. They tweeted they tweeted me about this last night, and they told me to tell John to keep posted. Uh, I didn't even mean for that to be a pun, but uh, uh, th- those guys, those two are great. Thank you so much.
1: Wonderful, wonderful representation. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, Braun Strowman took on Jinder Mahal. Oh, I was mistaken earlier. Kevin Owens did have an appearance here. He showed up during the match from the crowd, and Strowman chased him around and chased him to the back and was counted out in a minute 32. And they stressed that if this happens at SummerSlam, he loses the briefcase. Now I ask you, Mm way, would it have been so difficult that Kevin Owens just sprinted, sprinted to the back, we cut to the back, And he leaps into a car that's there waiting for him and takes him off. And Braun is just showing, and he just sprints after the car, and he leaves. And we never see Braun again for the rest of the night. He has chased this car, and we'll get an update next week if he caught it.
0: Well, I don't know how realistic Braun chasing a vehicle would be, even for somebody like Braun Strowman. But I think something to that effect of Braun leaving the building to get his hands on... Kevin would have been would have been very easy to do and I thought would, would have at least fixed that to me that plot what hole. if he
1: jumped onto the car and it just drove off
0: like the big show onto a hearse yeah yes. um, I don't know if that would have done Braun any favors but uh, okay
1: I'm just Something. saying with this count out stipulation we could have removed Braun from the building
0: yeah, yeah. It could have happened as, as far as the, the match or I, I don't even need to talk about the match really uh, but I think this was their way of giving Owens finally something over Braun um, and have, you know. Got him. Yeah, that's heat. So it's something. I mean, we've been complaining all these weeks about Owens not getting anything. Um, Certainly, I guess leading him into a countout victory or countout loss was probably the most that we'll get. So (laughs) I, I, I consider that somewhat of a positive in this whole thing.
1: Yeah. You know, it didn't it didn't annoy me as much as it does now during the show about this whole briefcase thing but it just seems like it was so easy like why couldn't Corbin have just given Kevin Owens a favor and said you're right Braun can't use that until SummerSlam right I mean I don't even it's Stephanie who gets to make that call
0: you know and yes I guess Stephanie could have done that
1: Angle is watching this in his office Corbin walks in Stephanie's on the phone and Angle takes the call. He tells Stephanie that the fans are going to be disappointed by this. They won't be happy. And we're left in limbo as to what this call... What, what are the details of this call? Then we went to the geek locker room. Mike Kanellis, The Ascension, Kurt Hawkins, Zach Ryder, Heath Slater, and Rhino, who are all in the middle of a conversation asking each other, why did we get dressed for... Non-matches tonight. Well, seriously, would all these guys have, have been booked on a main event? Like, why, no, no, why No, they would have done two matches on main like, event. Why, why were they all dressed? <laughs> well, you never know. You never know when you uh, might get called upon, right?
0: This is the, like, at least half this locker room wet their hair for this segment. I mean, just drying that hair, I think, is going to be a, a real nuisance for this.
1: Mojo runs down everybody. He says he's not hiding behind a keyboard. He's for real. So Bobby Roode walks in and he asks Mojo, do you have a problem with me? And Mojo says, what if I do? You gonna catchphrase me into submission? Good and line. It was a good line. Mm-hmm. There was a similar one a few years ago. I think it was when Dominic Cruz and Uriah Faber were on The Ultimate Fighter together. And uh, I guess Cruz said some kind of insult and uriah came back and said what are you going to do if we f- if we fight in the street you're going to decision me <laughs> i missed that few that was that was some good stuff those two were tremendous yeah. together uh they brawled they separated and bobby rude and mojo raleigh will have their big showdown next week you
0: know, i thought i thought this Came across like a good backstage brawl. But I think maybe my impression of it might have been colored uh, uh, slightly different going into it. Because even prior to watching this on TV, I saw on my Twitter feed, Mike Canellis who you do see in the background here, he shot this whole thing on his cell phone. Oh, really? And he uploaded like his perspective of it onto Twitter <laughs> in like a 15-second clip. And it looked awesome. Oh, like it cool. looked way more believable than this. So, I mean, at least uh, Mike Canellis trying to get himself onto TV somehow.
1: God, they would never do it properly in the WWE because they'd they'd have it properly lit and they'd probably use like an actual camera for it. Mm -hmm. That'd be a cool way to just come back from break and say there was an altercation backstage and a guy actually shot it. And this is what happened.
0: Yeah, this could be his new gimmick. He's just like a world star type of uh, guy.
1: Impact would do that the right way
0: WWE would screw it up actually NXT uh, attempts a lot of these things
1: because you know what we go to Mike Kanellis's uh, Twitter account and first we'd have a black screen with (laughs) the text of Bobby Roode Mojo Rawley and then we'd go to the fight true with someone's arm holding (laughs) the phone yeah i
0: think it 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 works uh certainly um but i just don't see it working in the wwe main roster like in the body of this show the way they they shoot everything i I, it's it would it's such a jump for me
1: then we had a singles match between akum and apollo cruz but before that we got a insert promo from the authors of pain god It's very clear Vince McMahon has only gotten to the first letter of their acronym. This was actually said by these two, okay?
0: This is going to be your new TJP. I I look forward to it.
1: You were graciously offered the chance to turn the page. Your book will be slammed shut. This all as they're wearing their t-shirts that read, Written in Pain i feel the final chapter has been written on their main roster runway
0: oh god
1: oh this was so cringy from this team that were oh this team was so good (laughs) man this this was the end of them for me on this main roster
0: there's no better way to kill two monsters than to to force
1: puns they're, they're, they're making them sound like me these monsters, these intimidating monsters, are making stupid wise ass cracks yeah. that I make for Christ's sake.
0: No, like I wouldn't even have bought this on Glow. Like I, this would have been weak even on Glow. But I mean, certainly for the authors' of pay, not two characters that I would uh, ever ever think about. Like what's like? Listen, they could have had Seth Rollins debut. Um, you know, saying I'm Rockin' Rollin'. Rollins You know Or Dean Ambrose coming out And saying like I'm gonna, I'm gonna suspend you
1: Hi you know? I'm Drew McIntyre And let me draw the picture for you <laughs> And he's a painter
0: <laughs> Oh god like, God you- damn That that Drew can draw Get it You can draw Yeah Well it's clear John Everyone listens to Pollock
1: <laughs> Unfortunately Yeah Oh Akam versus Apollo. Akam took him down, overhead suplexed him, and then Cruz fought back, jumping clothesline, standing moonsault, and then Akum ran shoulder first into the turnbuckle and was rolled up by Apollo in 2.05. I'm pretty sure I called this last week, that Titus Worldwide was going to get a win over these guys because they were actually going to program them together. And that's what they're doing. They're, mm. they're going straight for the kickoff show at SummerSlam.
0: I know, and this is how they decide to to heat feuds up. Uh, It's just all rematches now that we get on pay-per-views. We start off on the TV where one person beats the other, and then they have the rematch of the pay-per-view as if somehow uh, the the, the rematch is supposed to be more uh, – I guess more uh, – have bigger stakes than the first match. Whatever. Who cares? I mean – uh, for, I, I, I'm i not a fan of them cutting like pun promos, but at the very least, I think they learned their lesson and they let these guys cut their promos in a pre-tape. Um, I just don't even know if they should be cutting promos at all, though, especially promos like this.
1: They, they've taken a lot off of this act in record fashion, yeah. I think. Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre started off with Drew catching Rollins off a suicide dive and hitting him with a spine buster onto the barricade.
0: I'm sorry. I'm just still laughing at the, uh, I'm going to draw you, Drew McIntyre.
1: <laughs> he then catapulted him throat first, uh, under the ring. It was a work of art. And then they returned from break. Rollins hit him with multiple suicide dives and rammed him into the side of the apron. Rollins turned a tilt-a-whirl into a falcon arrow, which looked really cool. Drew then just deadlifts him for a powerbomb with such ease. Rollins turned it into a Rana, dropped him with a pair of super kicks. Drew came back a few minutes later with a white noise off the second turnbuckle and then went for the inverted Alabama slam, which Rollins countered with a victory roll, hit the stomp. Ziggler ran in for the DQ at 917. Uh, I thought this match was great for the time it got. um, I didn't even mind the DQ finish because I hope they saved this for a a lengthier... Uh, match down the road between these two. But man, I wanted to see this match at, at SummerSlam more so than Rollins and Ziggler.
0: I agree. Um, I ha- I hope that they're saving this for, for something bigger down the line. That's the only excuse that I can give it. I thought the match was great, man. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed, um, McIntyre doing that slingshot with, uh, Seth tucked under the ring. Yeah. You know? That's something I hadn't personally seen along uh, ever. um, And I thought, really, it could have almost been used for a a bigger injury angle than just a a thing that he did to commercial break. But I thought the rest of the match was really good. Seth's cardio really is amazing. Like, it feels like this guy didn't stop running for this entire match. So he uh, continues to really steal the show.
1: That true. He's a natural on the canvas. (laughs) Yeah, this is great. Like, really good. Best match on Raw, easily. And, um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this. Dolph has straightened his hair, by the way. He looks crazy. Yeah. I hate the look, but I like the change. Ziggler was sent to the floor, and then Rollins hit a suicide dive. So, um, looks to be the direction is, is still just Rollins and Ziggler for the pay-per-view. Although... They announced it. Uh, yeah, they had announced it last week. Uh, but the way... That, well, they'll, they do an angle later in the show. We'll get to that. Um... Reigns is chilling backstage on his iPad. So I guess both of these main eventers aren't watching Raw. Right. Unless he's got – maybe he's got um, –
0: Sportsnet 360.
1: Yeah, yeah, he has a Canadian login. Yeah. I imagine you could do that on the USA Network somewhere uh, in the States. But let's yeah. be honest. Why would you? Um, and And if you were watching Raw, literally the segment before, your best friend just got beaten down two on one. Uh, With a DQ. Mm. Angle walks in with Corbin. And Angle says that Stephanie called. And wants Roman removed from the building. And he tells Roman. You'll lose your title match if you don't leave. And Roman is just so disappointed with Kurt. He's not mad. He's disappointed. He says when's this all going to end. And he tells Kurt. You're a dog. You're an Olympic champion. You're a dog. I rewound this. He called him a dog. Hmm. Okay. He's the the big dog. So Angle is, he too is a dog. He's not the Hmm. big dog, but he is of the same uh, breed.
0: Yeah. Okay. Got it.
1: Dog. He says, Angle isn't a yes man, but then the cops enter and Roman is taken away. Corbin smiles at him. So Reigns decks him. The officers are not too concerned by this. They're like, come on, you gotta go. (laughs) Hey, I I, I thought Roman and Corbin made him look like a badass. I'm glad they... they I I thought the little things of this segment were a lot different than how they have... Because they used to always have Roman almost like bully Kurt, or he'd belittle Kurt. Right. And it was just... It was like people would just turn on that, because he just came across unlikable. And in this one, he sympathized with Kurt, and... He treated Kurt with respect, and I think that that came through here. And it was all the heat was put on Corbin, and then he decked him. Like, I mm-hmm. thought Roman was handled very well on this show. I thought so, too. Sonic is promoting this new meal you can buy for two ninety nine, involving taters, which I wonder if Sarah Logan should have been the pitchwoman from her uncle's tater farm.
0: She doesn't have um, potato in her name or some semblance of that, so... You might save that for somebody else,
1: not yet, yeah, uh, anyway, my word of advice is that any meal that is 2 ninety nine you you get what you spent
0: that's uh that's probably a, a safe, safe assessment.
1: That said, this sonic spot allowed us to get the old Mr. Perfect vignettes, mm-hmm. and I was perfectly content with this. And we got to see Mike Medano and Wade Boggs on WWE television in 2018. I mean, I loved it. And I especially loved that it led right into the B team. Did you ever try that football thing where he throws no. the football and ran? Because I tried that as a child.
0: Are you kidding me? Yeah, so, and I felt like an idiot. Of course you did. I mean, but who hasn't tried the, ba- uh, the basketball behind the back throw?
1: Oh, I I think most could do that from the from the free throw line. You just have to line yourself up. But yeah, I definitely tried that too.
0: I actually feel like I could probably shoot better behind my back than facing forward because you're you're probably more straight when you're doing that.
1: Did you ever do the dive off the diving board?
0: That I haven't tried. No, no I didn't either.
1: That's a next uh, post production video. <laughs> yeah, sure. Cedric Alexander is going to take on Brian Kendrick on two hundred five live Tuesday. And then Charlie was in the ring and brought out the b team this uh in a in an episode that would not have included Lashley and Elias. this would have easily been the the subject of my disdain mm-hmm. uh, but after this i uh this was just I zoned out.
0: See, I'm glad it wasn't just me because sometimes I watch these and I'm like, man, am I like in the minority here? Are there people that really enjoy this B-team, Matt Hardy, Bray Wyatt stuff? No. And hearing your reaction and hearing the crowd's disapproval of this, I mean, I, I guess I, I'm happy to know that I'm not alone.
1: These two are not entertaining. They're not amusing. They're not clever. No. I don't get the B-team in the least. They come in. The whole thing is they come up with new words the B team stands for. Dream, which doesn't start with B. Hardy and Bray Wyatt show up. This was after the attack last week. Matt says their success is a cosmic anomaly, which I'm not going to disagree with. Bray says that their dreams are fleeting and cannot be touched, but nightmares are real and made up of their insecurities, and they are their nightmare. This wasn't a bad promo from Bray. It's just in a program that has absolutely no interest from myself. He says they're going to haunt them. They're haunting me. Uh, the revival comes out, calls them buffoons, led to a big brawl. They brought up their win over Reigns and Lashley, and the B-team flees as Matt and Bray sent the revival to the floor. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, do you, know, do you know how many contenders we have for those kickoff spots this year at SummerSlam? There are so many options.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. The roster is bigger than ever. I think uh, this Andre Battle Royal next year might have to be a 60-man.
1: There are too many programs, though, th- like this. Like, I should not be watching all these programs thinking that could be on the kickoff. That could be on the kickoff. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's more so the, I would say, certainly, a, a bigger issue to me with the tag team division, where so, I mean, we've been talking about it for so long now. Even the Glimmers of Hope and the Revival and the Authors of Pain looked painfully, uh, no pun intended, uh, I think, wasted on this show.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the authors, they're doing a number on them. And I think Ziggler and McIntyre, they are booked above the tag division. I don't think you're going to see them saddled with the tag titles.
0: No, they're not gunning for those belts at all. I mean, they're single stars who just happen to help each other.
1: So Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt took on the revival while the B team were on commentary. And they were atrocious. Again, I I thought this was the worst commentary ever. These five together was just unbearable. Mm-hmm. Wilder applied a Boston Crab to Matt and Dawson then double teamed him. Bray got tagged in. This led to the crowd chanting CM Punk. Uh, Bray went for a urinagi to dash but was stopped by Wilder's drop dropkick. Um, the Revival was doing some, some good double team tag stuff in here. Curtis Axel's expert analysis included, I don't know what's going to happen here. Wilder pulled on Bray's hair to stop the sister Abigail. Tag was made to Dawson and they hit the shatter machine, pinning Bray Wyatt. At So I guess we've got a three-way program for SummerSlam. I think making it a three-way makes it a
0: little bit better, but really not that much better. Um, the crowd turned on this. It's like – it was like they were actively protesting about having to sit through something that they don't care about and they feel is taking too much time on a show that they paid tickets for. Again, like it's weird because like Matt Hardy is still over. Like that delete thing is still over. But man, like in-ring, I just don't know how interesting he is. Uh, everything outside of doing that delete chant, I just don't know how interesting it, it is. I, ju-
1: I just think it's an easy thing to chant at this point. I don't know how over this this character feels at all. It just feels like this is the the remnants of something that was popular. You know, this was the it's like the ho- it's hot like- thing two years ago, and it's past its prime. You're saying it's like Hacksaw saying ho. Um, In some ways. It's just an easy thing for the fans to chant. They'll always chant when he does the signal. Hmm. Um, I mean, they'll even chant a dessert on being the elite when they nah, do it. That's right. I watched way too much being the elite <laughs> rewind away over the past weekend. Um, How many? Like what, what, what did you watch up to? Um, well, you gave me like oh, the different scattered. sections. Yeah. So it's scattered, but right. I probably watched like 15 episodes of it. Cool. So Renee interviewed Seth Rollins backstage and he says it must, uh, Renee brought up how taxing it must be to take on two people all by himself. Rollins said, there is no quitting me. He's going to regain his intercontinental title. And then he got jumped by Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Uh, this was actually really well done because, mm-hmm. you know, you are as a WWE viewer, you are not trained to think of all of just all the loose ends and addressing them. But, I do think of those things. And the first thing I think of here is, well, where's Roman? And they had taken him out of the building. Like, they actually made a a good reason why no one came to Rollins' assistance here. And the way this was set up, it almost feels like they are still dangling the idea of Dean Ambrose.
0: Mm, Yeah, you're right, I guess, with the two-on-one. Yeah, certainly. I don't know if I would give them that much credit for the Roman thing, though. To me, I mean, if they it, were, it gonna, might have
1: been a happy accident, but yeah. nonetheless, it like, was accounted for.
0: Why wouldn't they have had Roman come out earlier? Well, he was on his iPad. He didn't. He was. <laughs> he was. You know, he was watching. <laughs> gotcha, uh, gotcha. Who
1: is? Who is America?
0: Right. You know, I, I do still continue to really enjoy Dolph and Drew. Uh, I think they're feeling more like Sean and Diesel than ever, and and I, that's a compliment.
1: It's been a career revival for Dolph Ziggler, mm-hmm. and I think Drew McIntyre has so much mm-hmm. upside potential. Um, yep. It just, you know, I thought him and Lashley were going to be such great additions to the main event mix, and it looks like, well, Drew Drew is looking good right now. We will yep. see what happens uh, down the road, but he's he's in a good spot at the moment. Uh do you, do you think Dean is is a possibility or do you feel it's it's almost too late now to to bring some, it back we we have two episodes of raw left it's kind of they kinda they sh- they sh- they, they showed
0: a matchup board for the the Ziegler match so i'm assuming that's the match
1: Bailey and Sasha took on Liv Morgan and the Viking uh early on the meteora was hit which graves uh pointed out look Cole it's your favorite the meteora mm hmm then Cole started talking. I swear to God, this, this statement was made. Sarah Logan and her extended Viking family is all excited about Evolution. <laughs> I bet they love Evolution. Uh, Bailey had a flying knee to Logan, uh, running knees from Sasha. They were also in matching ring gear. Uh, we went to a commercial, came back. Logan was in control. Coachman starts talking about the Evolution pay-per-view. And he just let himself go. He said, quote, they will have the entire night, the entire Long Island, the entire world watching them. And there's this brief pause. Graves computes what was just said and responds. Did you say the entire Long Island? I caught that, said Coachman. Graves said, you said it. What did he mean to say? I think he was trying to say, he was saying like they will have the entire world watching them, but he made it like this run on. So he said they will have the entire night, which that really doesn't make <sighs> okay. any sense. And then he continued, he said the entire Long Island and the entire world watching them. Like you uh, uh, complicated a pretty simple statement.
0: I don't know if all of Long Island will be watching WWE Evolution.
1: Probably not. Um, There's probably an Islanders game happening somewhere. um, There probably will be on October 28th. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Bailey and Sasha, there was a, a double team backstabber into the Bailey to belly. And Liv Morgan is covered. And we get a one, two, and a kickout. A victory. I thought it was a kickout. Was Michael Cole's call. Liv Morgan never moved her shoulder and michael cole somehow screwed up his call of the finish as bailey and sasha won at 851 uh the commentary was just absolutely just error ridden throughout
0: it was he, he was doing the reverse vince or vince would always
1: yeah yeah he was yeah one two kick out kick out no it's over
0: <laughs> that is a great reverse vince wow
1: that's the total reverse vince
0: <laughs> oh man Well, uh, they're trying really hard to rebuild this Sasha-Bailey thing. Um, Crowd really was not there for much of it, but they gave a a good response to the finish. Man, for Sasha and Bailey, though, the reunion just feels so unearned. Like we're we're watching them go so fast from you know attacking each other to the Doctor Shelby thing, and then the next week they're perfectly fine. So I'm I'm not on board with it. I'm, it's going to take a lot more for them to convince somebody like me. Uh, I I just kind of almost get the same feeling that I do with like the Natalia babyface turn. It just again felt really unearned.
1: Have you never been told that you you are loved? Um, it can do amazing things. Yeah, not not by a, a best
0: friend, I suppose.
1: I guess I guess not, um, so Bailey and sasha uh no no hint of anything. I don't know what they're doing at Summerslam. I think it would be really silly to break them up again in, over the next two weeks I, like, I,
0: I no, I don't think they would break them up until after summerslam um i I could even see them dragging it all the way out to the uh, women's evolution, sorry. Is that what they're calling it? No, WWE Evolution, pay per view.
1: uh, The entire world is evolving through this one show, with the agents (laughs) of change being the women.
0: Right. Yeah, I could see them dragging it all the way out there. Uh, There are rumors, again, like perhaps tag team titles. Perhaps they might do a a four horse woman, four horse women women type of thing.
1: What do you see them doing at SummerSlam?
0: Tag match. With? Bring back Uh, Ruby? Three on two?
1: I don't know. I have Who's, no idea. Who else is there? Who else is there? Uh, there's nothing. Like okay. we everyone's tapped out. Like it's just uh maybe I, I, uh maybe Alicia can do something with I, I I certainly don't see a 1 on 1 match
0: right now between
1: them. No, two. that would seem very very rushed, which is not to say that they can't do that. Um just mm-hmm. that you would think that they would have hinted at something. Mm-hmm. Back in the locker room, Lesnar is still reading. Man is just uh loves reading. Reading for 3 hours. Yeah. Did you see how quick uh, Matt Jackson Photoshopped the magazine to be their, the Buck's new kids' book? Oh, is that right? I Made did not a photo see in. They had it up quick. Wow. Uh, I'm sure someone did it for them, or the, they did it themselves. Someone also pointed out to me that Lesnar was reading backwards. Like he would start on the right page and then go to the left page. Like in Asia.
0: Was, yeah. Maybe he was reading like a Japanese magazine.
1: Perhaps, yeah, maybe he was, um, yeah, maybe he was reading about hunting in... uh, The G1. (laughs) Yeah, he was getting all caught up. He had a a weekly pro or something underneath that uh, hunting magazine. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Lesnar's reading. Heyman says, the show's almost over. He proposes they just go out, take a bow, say hello, goodbye, and they're in a steakhouse in 25 minutes. And what can go wrong? Roman's gone. Lesnar asks him, have you been paid? Heyman says, yes. And he notes that he has a contract with both Brock and the WWE. And one allows him to have a deal with the other. And he will be fired if Lesnar doesn't go out with him tonight. So Lesnar grabs Paul. He says, they are not friends. You work for me. I don't work for you. And he asks Heyman, how long have you been leeching off of me? And he tells him to march his ass out there and do his job. And Heyman leaves. There was tremendous effort
0: on the show to really break up the two of them or at least drive a huge wedge between the two to make it seem like uh, Brock Lesnar is not even a fan of Paul Heyman. And I'm trying to think, you know, why exactly they're going that route. Uh, Certainly there could be something. I I think
1: they're. Uh, Sorry, you go ahead.
0: Well, yeah, certainly. Paul does get great baby face reactions in a lot of towns. So. Uh, having Brock distance himself from Paul or at least showing that he's not a, fr- a friend of Paul Heyman might work towards that.
1: I think you're right. And I think that they are bracing for the end of Brock Lesnar. And mm-hmm. like, this feels like the big villain of the movie and we're getting to the end where he's broken off from everybody. And yeah. it's, it's like the, the theoretical killing off of the major villain. And Brock is that villain and he's going to turn on the closest Person to him, like mm-hmm. that, it feels like they are preparing for the writing off of Brock after SummerSlam and distancing Haman from him.
0: Yeah, and and like I, I don't feel like it's all that uh, often that we talk about maybe stories uh, with that level of depth uh, anymore. Certainly on this edition of Raw, so I, I have to commend this segment.
1: Yeah, and you know Heyman is pretty hands on with with all of this stuff as well. So I'm sure that and. The guys played their roles very well yeah. in the show. Brock, Brock is great. So that sets up the final segment. They announced next week, raw in Jacksonville, Ronda Rousey versus Alicia Fox and Bobby rude versus Mojo Raleigh. Which one is it? You think headlines?
0: I, I mean, it really has to be Ronda, you know, I, I, not, I that's not, what I Not think.
1: rude and Mojo. I
0: was <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't know you were being sarcastic. I, I was only half listening.
1: So that is next week and I, I think it's gonna be a I think the the viewership is going to be up significantly next week. I'm pretty optimistic of that. I think there's gonna be a lot of interest and you know, it'd be nice if with with Rhonda on this media tour this week if that gets promoted and she can work in promotion for she's wrestling on television on Monday night it's it might be it could very well be something that the WWE wanted to do this on a week when Ronda's going to be doing all of this national media for hmm. this movie that she's going to be on these talk shows and can promote raw from from Monday night and when that question comes up can instantly direct people to her first televised match this Monday on the USA network
0: that's a great point. Yeah, uh, I was also one. You know, what what do, what else do you think kind of is is in it for them to play this card right now, if anything?
1: Um, you know, it's it's throwing a bone to the USA Network. I don't think you had to do it this early, but I guess they just figured now is now is the time to do it, and mm. may, maybe they feel during the summer they can actually do an even higher number than waiting for the fall when they're up against Monday night football or baseball playoffs or, or anything that might hinder the highest audience available. And right. maybe it's as simple as just Ronda's going to be all over the media this week. And it's an easy way to promote <laughs> on Monday, but it sounded like they were planning for this. It was just Mickey was going to be in the role instead of Alicia Fox. Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin come out for the final segment and they tell Heyman to bring out Lesnar Or else it's his last night on Raw. And a very somber Paul Heyman comes out. He is very defeated as he does his usual introduction. The fans are singing goodbye. Corey notes Coach, you've been fired before. You know how this feels. Heyman says Lesnar is not coming out tonight. Angle cuts a spirited promo. Stating that a real champion shows up, defends his title at all cost, goes the extra mile for the WWE Universe, and he does things for charity and communities. Brock does none of that. He has to be the worst Universal Champion of all time. And the crowd cheers and chants, yes, yes, he sucks. Heyman agrees with Kurt. He says, I tried to rehabilitate him, but Lesnar Listens and respects no one. And Heyman is just trying to kiss Kurt's ass, telling him, I tried to mold him in your image. The ramifications of this should not be taken out on me. They should be taken out on Brock. But Angle sees right through him. And Heyman says, Lesnar doesn't respect anyone, but Heyman respects Kurt. And Paul Heyman gets on his knees. He is begging Kurt. As Kurt announces his contract is terminated. And then Brock's theme hits. And he comes out. And the instant his music plays, there's this close-up of Paul Heyman, who's just groveling on his knees. And he turns to the entrance with the most sinister smile on his face. It was the best.
0: He was great. He
1: really Uh, was. Paul, you know, for all the... Like his promos, I think... They Mm -hmm. get taken for granted that it's usually always... He never has a bad promo. But there is a certain pattern that he has just come into. But tonight was just a tremendous performance from Paul Heyman. From Mm -hmm. start to finish, I thought. It might be one of his last. So, yeah. Lesnar comes down. And he asks Kurt and Corbin if they have a problem with him. And then out of nowhere, he hits Kurt with an F5. And Kurt's down. Corbin cowers to the floor and leaves. And then Lesnar and Heyman laugh together. And then Lesnar grabs Heyman by the mouth. And that's when the audience starts chanting. And this has become a source of debate online way. I heard we want Roman. Is that what you heard? It's what I heard. Yes, I, I went and listened back. There are people that believe it was we want Stroman And I don't doubt there were probably some Strowman chants, but Hmm. I listened pretty intently, and it sounded like, we want Roman.
0: It had to have been, we want Roman, because you had the men afterwards chanting, no, we don't.
1: You're right. You had the, no, we don't. Like, you did have that vociferous, I won't say vociferous, but it was audible, the response to the Roman chanting.
0: It kind of was was like the Cena thing with, like, it, it sounded higher pitch, and then the men, like, the deeper sounds were the, no, we don't so I but I, I certainly heard we want Roman and I'm sure they're watching this in the back and they really considered this a miracle they finally chanted we want Roman it wasn't the full crowd but it was a, a at least a start uh, and I think that you know the way they, they position Roman on the show is to be commended I I mean will it translate to Brooklyn that's a whole nother story I don't think there's a prayer
1: but uh, extending it to to uh, just next week for instance um possible i mean again i, I think you're going to get the men
0: who like the smart marks that are in the audience will know that they're being manipulated and i just don't see them in 3 weeks you know any of them being able to th- convert those guys no. but maybe you can convert some of the others
1: no uh i just think the fact that you finally got this reaction from a crowd um i think sometimes it's just um you know, audiences will follow suit. And I think next week, given the fact you're in Jacksonville, where it's not all that... I mean, Roman is actually from Florida and even briefly played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You at least might be able to follow up on this with another pro-Roman crowd next week. But I'm with you. I think Brooklyn is just... He's DOA. It's just... Mm-hmm. You know what you're getting. Um, but hey, this week, they got what they wanted. And it took paul Heyman, of all people to become the sympathetic figure that they wanted roman to come to the uh to come save yeah i suppose so
0: you're right yeah i think it's also just like the weeks and weeks and weeks now of telling the audience that brock lesnar wants nothing to do with professional wrestling uh and just and never appearing even having him come out here he really didn't do all that much of substance you know he at five kurt angle uh choked Paul Heyman and that's kind of really it, you know? What was he supposed to come here for? What 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 did why did Angle want him on this show?
1: It was uh, f- like when you th- seriously think about it, for what?
0: Just, just to uh, just th- up th- here?
1: Just, just to throw your power around and say we can get this guy into a ring to stand here. Yeah. Anyway, okay. uh listen, it's not been everyone's cup of tea this feud, but I thought tonight they got what they wanted by the end of it. This has been a very questionable decision of what to do with Brock. But yeah. I think tonight, in front of this crowd, it was not go away heat. They actually detested this per- this individual. Like he came across as this villain. Um, but, but there's they, also the problem,
0: like, but they detest both the guys. Like they de- they detest both him and Roman. But I'll say yeah, like you you know, like you said, Roman's- this crowd. I don't think uh- this crowd detested Roman. Mm, okay at least half of them. i'm seeing the crowd in general like the problem with this whole thing is that you're making everybody hate brock but that doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to like roman as a result some of the the roman fans are going to like roman more but the other fans are just going to dislike everybody
1: listen roman is not the ideal person i mean if you had dedicated this amount of time uh since wrestlemania to daniel bryan Month in, month out, he's going through challengers. And then at the end of the road is Brock. Here is Brian representing the entire wrestling world, cutting promos about, I have done everything just to get back into this ring, and you've done everything to get out of it. You make me sick.
0: How dare you make me fantasize about that dream scenario?
1: And Brian gets his title back at SummerSlam and sends Brock packing as he brings the title back. I mean, imagine that scene at the Barclays Center if Brian had been red hot this time since WrestleMania and it had all led down to this showdown. The guy who doesn't want to be there versus the guy that can't possibly imagine not being there.
0: Yeah, you're just breaking my heart, man, thinking about something that I'll probably never get to see.
1: Well, um, listen, Raw was uh, – I, I, th- I thought the, the Lesnar Reigns stuff – I liked it.
0: The important stuff I thought was well done. Uh, that being the Ronda segment, uh, the the Lesnar stuff I thought was well done. Roman I think had very good treatment on this show. Braun though, uh, he I think they really failed with that guy. Um, the rest of the stuff was yeah, just kind of
1: there. I'm not on the Raw side. I can't say this. These Raw matches for SummerSlam like these programs are really doing a a ton for me. I mean. No. Rollins and Ziggler will be a good match. I think Lesnar and Reigns will be a spectacle, but I don't know necessarily um, how strong it's going to be uh, because of that audience reaction. And the rest of this, uh, Rousey and Alexa, I think that, that'll that work very well for the live crowd. It's mm-hmm. more so the the undercard of Raw that is just a real time suck on this show. And yeah. it's all building up. You know, matches of very little consequence that are just killing time at SummerSlam, like the tag titles, like uh, Titus Worldwide and the Authors of Pain.
0: And there's a Cruiserweight match, too.
1: Yes, they've added Cedric Alexander and Drew Gulak for SummerSlam, which it's the first time they've put that Cruiserweight title back on a pay-per-view since the Saudi Arabia show. And I'm curious if they throw it right back into its spot on the kickoff show or if they treat it as a match for the main card, just for the perception deal.
0: Huh, the perception of what
1: uh that this title is not a kickoff show match
0: oh which i think i think it's, I think it's a kickoff show match i mean you're talking about an audience that probably like how many people watch Five live
1: listen really? all i'm saying is last year at SummerSlam, i think there were three kickoff matches and this year you've got that raw tag title match you've probably got titus worldwide and aop mm-hmm. uh I thought maybe Rude and Mojo would get extended to then, but they're probably going to cut that off. Um, I can see the, the Cruiserweight being on the main show. It's possible.
0: I think Brooklyn will, would react well, to, or at least better than, than a lot of crowds.
1: Yep, you're, you're, you're right. So that was Raw. Let us go to the feedback and see what everyone had to say and what they heard. By the way, I did throw this out on Twitter about, we want Strowman, we want Roman, and I don't know if it's just simply uh, people voting with what they wanted to hear, but 66% thought they heard, we want Stroman. Well, you
0: guys are crazy. You need to get your ears checked, just like Jeff Hardy.
1: Yeah. And Way brought up a great point, because there were people actively responding to the We Want Roman chants uh, during that segment as well. Though, I'm sure there were Stroman chants mixed in there uh, with the crowd. uh, Maybe. Because that would be a natural chant. And actually, the most logical one, because Roman had been, he had been taken out of the building and braun was theoretically standing there
0: i would love for this to be the start of next week's in-ring segment on raw were the audience chanting we want Strowman or we want roman the big then,
1: debate yeah it's like that it's like that dress what color it is mm-hmm. scale of one to ten this will be interesting i i don't know what people are going to vote on this one
0: it's a it's a one to ten scale as opposed to a zero to ten scale
1: oh i'm sorry did I not that it matters actually i don't really think 4.65, which is understandable. If you're grading this show as a whole, as a 3-hour and 10-minute product, I can see a 4.65. But I did think the, the key stuff, as you said, um, was good this week. Well, let's hear them explain themselves. We start off with Terry. Better raw than we've seen in the last few weeks. I really like Roman's promo. He's better when he's aggressive on the mic. Do you think we'll get a double turn at SummerSlam with Heyman joining Roman Reigns?
0: Way. I mean, what that would entail? Baby facing Brock Lesnar, who's not going to come back.
1: So. Yeah, I hope I hope that it's not. Uh, I I think Brock is being written out. Whether yeah. it's he's supposed to be at Raw the night after SummerSlam, and I think that's probably it for him. Not to say he can't come back down the road, but for the foreseeable future, I think that's going to be treated like we're writing this guy off for. Indefinitely, and Heyman sticking around—I I don't see that being out of the realm of possibility. There's certainly no shortage of people you could put him with, and Roman's one of them. If you go that direction,
0: I don't see the double turn. I, I think this will be the story that they're going to finish telling of you know the WWE representative finally driving the outsider out of the company.
1: If Roman wins and he is continuing this this babyface role, which I mean, there's been no indication he's going to be turning for years now uh do you see dean ambrose as a possible heel opponent for him
0: god i hope so
1: yeah i think that would be a good reason to have kept i'm i'm sure he could very much benefit from being switched to a heel and maybe that's a reason to keep him off until after SummerSlam because that's a great opponent for roman to have
0: but can't you get more mileage out of teaming him with rollins first and then having him turn on rollins
1: Yeah, you could do that. You could do the reunion together and tease it, and that's when Dean finally does the turn to be more impactful. You're right.
0: Yeah, I I mean there's something to be said about maybe uh, inserting Ambrose into like the world title picture right away, but I don't know. Like in the mix, I still kind of do see him more fitting with the Rollins group rather than the Roman you know, group. Yeah. I also I also don't necessarily want to see that match just yet because I know Dean isn't going to win and he's going to lose that match and just be inserted right back into the mid card uh, rather than having maybe some type of upwards momentum.
1: No optimism.
0: (laughs) We go to Brandon from Oshawa. Why does this company have to make their performers look like idiots? Alexa Bliss wants to get away from Ronda so bad. She doesn't run up the ramp behind her or through the crowd opening immediately closest to her. She runs all the way to the other side where Ronda is closest. I did not catch any of that, uh, but no, okay. Kevin Owens doesn't just take the briefcase and run; he sneaks and stands there waiting for Braun to see him. I know we as fans have to suspend our disbelief a lot, but you can only do it so much when it comes to plain stupidity. Well, I'm I'm certainly hoping Brandon, you're not watching the G1 and some of these referees because uh, their field of vision probably needs to really get checked.
1: Wait, that that's a key point though that we might have missed. Did Kevin Owens take the briefcase and leave with it? No. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. He he wrote here. Kevin Owens doesn't just take the briefcase and runs. He sneaks. He he gave it to Sunil, and Ron, Ron,
0: which Braun who Bron ran over before he took the briefcase back. So Bron had possession of the briefcase to close the show. Yes. So uh, again,
1: again, how easy would that have been that Kevin Owens steals his briefcase and runs to the back with it? Oh, you're then, so.
0: That's so true. That's and so And then Bron right.
1: doesn't have a way to cash in. Like it just seemed like these these options were just falling out of the sky for you to just capitalize on any of them.
0: That really would have been the best. Uh, like
1: a, a like day I'm day. reading this. I'm like, did we miss a key point here with Owen stealing the briefcase? But apparently not. Like there is, there's your reason right there. Owen runs off with it. He gets into a car and he takes off at the briefcase. <sighs>
0: He has a question regarding All In. Do you think there is a chance of an Omega Pentagon match? This would be my dream match on the show. And with Phoenix not teaming with Pentagon, it feels like he may get a big match. Yeah, we should announce that for All In uh, on Being the Elite today. They announced Phoenix and Rey Mysterio teaming up with Bandito, taking on the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi. So,
1: which is sounds just incredible.
0: Mm-hmm. So Omega Pentagon, do you think that's a possibility?
1: I do, yeah. Definitely, I think that's a possibility.
0: I think that's a headlining match right there. Um, A match that, I mean, I don't see Omega ever joining any of the other promotions. So uh, really, probably a match that they could only make it all in. So uh, I'd love to see
1: that. Andrew from Cape Breton writes, I thought the show tonight was decent, certainly better than... What we've been given in recent weeks, the MVP tonight, of course, was Brock, who seemed to become post-wrestling spirit animal with his desire to do anything other than watch Raw. He even got the crowd to cheer Roman, which might take him, which might make him one of the greatest heels in pro wrestling history. It will be short-lived, but it's an accomplishment nonetheless. Other than that, the show had some decent matches. The WWE gave a great shout-out to Impact Wrestling, telling the viewing audience that Impact is better at presenting main event talent than they are with that Lashley segment. Six out of ten. Wow, it's... There is there's no even comparison between Lashley and one versus the other. Noah from Vaughn. It's official. Braun Strowman is the
0: biggest dork in the WWE. He says he will cash in the moment Brock shows up on Raw and is nowhere to be found during the closing segment. It just makes Braun look foolish. Question for you guys. Do you think WWE pulls the trigger on Roman beating Brock for the title as it seems that Roman has the crowd on his side? Uh, yes.
1: Yeah, yes, sir. I do. Mark from Vaughn. Could you see any scenario where they tr- they just try and shock everybody and he keeps it well, and they do it on Raw the next night?
0: I mean, Braun Braun is there, as always, so he can cash in to close the night.
1: He might not be aware he can do that.
0: Uh, you're right, yes.
1: Mark from Vaughn. Uh, do you think anyone will come... A- do you think anything will come of the Heyman developments tonight, or is it just geared towards getting Roman cheered? Could we actually see a breakup with Heyman joining someone new since he's been doing some work behind the scenes, even when Brock isn't there? Um, from what I understand, I mean, he's he's been there assisting with this program, um, regardless of Brock being there or not. Um, I I think that this is the the breakup uh, of Lesnar and Heyman, and I think Heyman will be involved going up to SummerSlam, but... Uh it could very well be the ending of Lesnar and heyman um could I don't you know see stick around
0: could you see braun turning heel and pairing him with Paul Heyman
1: Braun turning heel
0: yeah
1: mm. i I really don't like that idea because that would be mean that he's feuding with Roman, yeah, I think that would be i mean it's something fresh for that feud. I just don't know you're you're gonna be right back into the same position where you're gonna have even that, worse is that you're you're gonna have a Baby, a baby face that no one likes against a heel that no one hates. In, yeah, which,
0: well, I mean, how is that different from anything we've ever had with Roman Reigns?
1: I mean, at least typically you with. I mean, right now you have, you know, uh, a baby face that no one is is cheering for the most part <laughs> against a heel that I mean, up until tonight, oh. I mean, they they didn't really hate all that much. It was just kind of indifference. Like it was just two characters that just killed one another when they were in the ring together. And that was the case at WrestleMania. Uh, I think, so.
0: I think, I think logically we're probably going to see Roman and Braun feud again sometime in, in uh, before the end of this year. Yeah.
1: I just, I really hope for the SummerSlam match. It's not a repeat of that WrestleMania crowd. Cause that was just the most deflating main event. It was just get this match over with. There did was, you, no- did
0: you mean to throw like a beach ball pun in there?
1: I didn't. No, I didn't. Oh, God. Because those balls are certainly inflated. Oh, the balls are going to be out in full force at Barclays Center, I I feel. All right.
0: Up next, we go to the Golden Elite who asks or who says, Brock sure hit the nail on the head when he asked, why would I watch the show? It's a question I ask myself every week, and I've yet to come up with a good answer. The 50-50 booking continues to be a problem. What on earth are they doing with AOP? We need Dean back ASAP because, oh, to spice up the Seth Dolph feud because it's getting boring now. Raw is bad, and the Fantastic G1 is only making it look worse. I I
1: don't really have an issue with the Seth and Dolph feud.
0: I mean, I think it could be better. I, I, I don't know if I necessarily want to see another match of theirs, especially after we've already seen a 30-minute Iron Man match at a pay-per-view.
1: I just feel both are going to be so motivated after that Iron Man match was just you know such a cluster that I, I think you'll get a really great match from them at SummerSlam, so... I'm not going to, on a show that long, getting a great 20-minute match out of them. I have no complaints about that. Um, It just seems like time is kind of ticking to do Dean coming back. Um, You could do it. They definitely teased it with that backstage segment tonight and hitting on the the numbers disadvantage for Seth Rollins. They're definitely dangling it there, but you would pretty much have to do it next week if you're going to do a return for Dean this quickly. Or at SummerSlam. Uh yeah, yeah, you could you could save it for that. Anthony writes, as I walked in my dad's room to see Raw airing, I saw something that made my heart melt. As Mojo Raleigh addressed the lower tier Raw locker room, I saw in the far left corner of my screen the most happiest man in the world, Mike is giggling away as Mojo berates him. I only assumed what was on his mind during that exact moment. Maria baby, I made it onto Raw. That was my highlight of my Monday night. Ten nah. smiling Mike is out of ten. He was giggling because he was about to get a bunch of retweets for this <laughs> video he was about to post. He's like, man, my followers are just going
0: to go nuts for this. Yeah. Chris from Melbourne, Australia. I'm sorry, but did I, did I miss the reconciliation between Bailey and Sasha after she said, I love you? Or did I read too much into it and was just supposed to be the friendship line? Yeah, you missed a whole lot. Uh, a week between those two is just, I mean... They're friends again now.
1: So so much plot yeah. last week that really got us from one point to the next.
0: Uh, question. It's now been four years since The Shield broke up for the first time. Since then, we have witnessed Roman Reigns' main event slash uh, close four straight WrestleManias, headline countless shows, win a Rumble, and even get endorsed by The Rock. But still, he is greeted by an Xbox ex-Pac-level reaction by the majority of fans in the majority of locations. In your opinion, is the Roman Reigns character salvageable in the eyes of the smart fans?
1: Uh, yes, I do. I think so,
0: too. I mean, you turn him heel. I mean, he's it, already the most over heel you know, on the, in the company.
1: I think it's a pretty quick fix. I think it's also a matter of, you know, looking at some of the programs he's been involved with that just... Like, tonight, they they told the show-long story that, by the end of it, the audience cared when Lesnar... Like, you can only have Lesnar turn on Heyman once. And they did it and, it, and it got a really good reaction. And a sympathetic one, too, to the point that they positioned Roman tonight as the babyface that is going to confront Brock. And, you know, in one night, I think they did a fairly good job with him. Sure. Bernie in Chicago... Raw has seemed like Groundhog Day since before Extreme Rules, with Ballard, Corbin, AOP, and Titus Worldwide, B-Team, and the leader of worlds. I just want something fresh. It seems so crazy to me that Raw and SmackDown are produced by the same company. I appreciate what they tried to do with Lesnar tonight, but I have, I have just become so indifferent to them. It probably doesn't help that while we are getting some of the worst Raw's ever, the G1 is giving us phenomenal wrestling. Thank you for all the G1 coverage. we got a man from
0: Kansas City. I actually enjoyed a few things I read... I read that happened on the show <laughs> and half of the two things I watched, so we are making progress. Uh Corbin pinning Balor clean, I guess, is okay because it sets up a demon match at SummerSlam. Although when the demons last win was over AJ Styles, this feels like a downgrade and just a way to get the entrance out at least once this year. I'm excited to see what they do with Finn after his second consecutive pay-per-view one. Uh the Brock stuff is great. I feel like the angle would have worked a hundred times better with Seth Rollins, but so does everyone unrelated i was listening to the wade keller show on thursday and john's name was brought up wade's guest had to apologize for all the terrible things that wade has supposedly said about john
1: (laughs) in the past is there a story to this because i can't find anything no this was uh just uh our good friend todd martin uh was making a joke about it there's uh there's no uh ill will between myself and and one wade keller it was just a joke i hope we see him at all in all right i'm sure we will Yeah, I'm sure we will. Definitely. Let's do one more here. It is getting very late and we still have another show to do after this. Uh, And who better to end with than from Bill and Alex who attended the show on Monday. Alex and I attended tonight's Raw. Hopefully John enjoyed his little sign tribute. Roman got a big pop to open the show, although it was mostly booze. As the night went on, it was clear that WWE wants Brock to take the heat off Roman so people are ready for his win at SummerSlam. Ronda got the biggest pop of the night, and we enjoyed the match between Foxy and Natty. Alexa has some of the best heel mannerisms, in our opinion, and she will only get better. I can't wait for the match between her and Ronda. Seth was probably the second biggest pop. The crowd just loves him. I would expect to see Dean enter the picture to help him no later than SummerSlam. There was a strong CM Punk chant during the women's tag match. The night ended with the crowd clearly chanting, Roman! We rated the show a 7. One more note, there were a lot of empty seats behind the hard camera, and two-thirds of the upper bowl was curtained off. That from
0: Bill and Alex, our loyal supporters. Well, there you go. I mean, I think that's pretty definitive.
1: Very. So there you go. We want Roman chance, folks. Uh, whether you like it or not, they they got the desired reaction after all this time at the end of Raw on Monday night, July 30th, in Miami, Florida. Hmm. <laughs> Just become an Orlando or a Florida-based company and run weekly television out of the American Airlines Center. Or just take take over the Universal Studio space. <laughs> there you go. And suddenly, all your problems will go away. Yeah. All right. That is it for us. A uh, quick note uh, as we look ahead to the show. All of our regular shows coming up this week. No better time than now to sign up for the Post Wrestling Cafe at postwrestlingcafe.com. We already have one G1 show up from Monday, we also have the double shot that is out with reviews of Impact Wrestling from last week and the season finale of Total Bellas. And then Way and I are back with new editions of our G1 shows on Wednesday and Thursday. Way is going to be joined by two guests on Saturday and Sunday. Plus, there is a rewind away. There is almost a new show every day on the cafe this week.
0: Yeah, yeah. Somebody I know said uh, who doesn't necessarily um, listen to all the shows um she just happens to subscribe because she's a friend she's like man you guys have another show out oh my god she's like it's like she's already like wow i can you guys have so many shows
1: that should be our tagline yeah oh my god you have another show out mm-hmm. way is going to somehow have time to do a guest spot on eggshells this saturday as well chatting 1995 i am i didn't even know that
0: but, uh, yes, I will be. I will be joining joining Chris Charlton. We recorded this show, actually, quite a while ago. But uh, it was a lot of fun talking about the UWFI invasion of New Japan and uh, two other shows, actually. So uh, please
1: enjoy. All right. So you can go check all of that out at postwrestling.com. We've got our regular shows this week. Rewind to SmackDown, Up Next, and the aforementioned Eggshells. Plus, I'll have our UFC review on Sunday uh, chatting about the pay-per-view on Saturday night. That is it for us. Uh, Go on over to the cafe, check out the Double Shot, and we'll speak with you on Tuesday night.